Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est le dégagement. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous Forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday, February 9th. It is one minute past 10 o'clock Eastern. I'm live out of Montreal. As a matter of fact, out of my basement. This is my podcast studio, and usually we talk Montreal Canadiens, and we will be talking Habs probably from about 10.30 to about 11 o'clock tonight. But this is going to be a privilege. There are some shows that are more special than others, and this one is going to be one of them tonight because I, deep down inside, am a huge wrestling fan. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by La Bit Atibi. Here it is. There you go, right there. La Bit Atibi, okay. Brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup or when you went to watch a WWE pay-per-view event, well, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Without further ado, he is the hottest wrestler in the world today. At least that's my opinion. I can tell you that. I'm not the only one who shares it. He has been incredible at the at the front of a storyline, and his personality is starting to come out more and more and more. He is right now at the top of his game. It's a privilege and an honor to welcome to the Sick Podcast for the very first time, in which I hope will be one of several, Sami Zayn. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Thanks for that uh, warm intro there. <laughs> You're very welcome, Sammy. I'm uh, I'm actually very fond of the work that you do and what you've been able to do for your career because I read up a little bit on the sacrifices it takes and all the, the travel and all the hours and all the bumps and bruises and all the injuries. But I must, I would imagine 20 years in, it's got to feel really worth it right now. Hey, Sammy? Um. Well, you know, it's, it all depends on how you look at things. Uh, I, I never really looked at things in terms of, uh, like, worth, like things being worth it or not. I just never viewed it that way, even when I was just starting out here. And uh, I guess you would call it paying your dues and starting out in Montreal 
basements or at the scratch in Laval or Chevalier Colombe in Valley Field or whatever wow. like farm shows in farms in like St. Pascal or whatever wrestling with Kevin. I never viewed it as something that was like uh, a means to an end. You know, it wasn't like, oh, these are the sacrifices you have to make now to one day make it. I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed it a lot back then. And I still enjoy what I'm doing now, now. So, I mean, uh, you know, we tend to frame things that way where it's like the journey and the sacrifices on the way to making it big. And it's an easy story to tell. But to be honest with you, I just never viewed it that way as like a. I never really viewed it as a sacrifice or a chore. It's just something mm -hmm. I've always really enjoyed doing on every level. Sammy. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy yeah. to be at this level now. <laughs> of course. Of course, Sammy. Uh, and once again, I really appreciate you coming on because I would imagine the last couple of days have probably been particularly tough for you. Your parents uh, came to Canada from Syria. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was back in the 70s, but you'll correct me if I'm wrong. In yeah, 2017, right. you set up a fund called Sammy for Syria, which is obviously mm -hmm. very, very important to you. And I think everyone knows by now that a couple of days ago, uh, earthquakes shook Turkey and Syria and thousands and thousands of lives lost, terrible injuries, infrastructures demolished. How difficult have the past couple of days been for you and your extended family? Uh, well, so the, it's been on my mind a lot. It's been weighing on my mind because I, I feel like I need to do something for, you know, a response, but the last few days have just also been very busy. because I just, we were flying and we just got to Montreal now. Uh, so I just, you know, we're still kind of getting settled in, but I, I, it's obviously horrific news. And then obviously everybody here in town saw the horrific news of the daycare in Laval. And it's just like, I don't know, it's a lot of bad news right now at the minute. Uh, yeah. But but it, it, it the Clinton, where the earthquake hit isn't where I have any family living, but it is where uh, you mentioned something called Sammy for Syria. That's a, as you mentioned there briefly, something I started in 2017, wherein I partnered with a you know a, a medical organization that had boots on the ground in Syria uh, and a medical sort of infrastructure set up to where we basically got these uh, vans and converted them and made these mobile clinics. They were able to deliver medical aid to people that were otherwise, you know, stranded or had their homes destroyed or whatever else. So we currently still have two mobile clinics operating presently, and they're operating in the part of Syria where, uh, you know, where that devastation took place. So uh, the person that I correspond with, with regard to that stuff, she's obviously slammed with a lot of stuff, but I've been meaning to kind of touch in with her and see what kind of response we could do not just for, you know, the people that are constantly in need with the, the mobile uh, medical unit and the mobile clinic, but also as a direct reaction to this earthquake, because it's pretty, oh, mm. depending on how much you're watching. But if you watch and you see some of the footage you see, it's like stuff you can't unsee. It's pretty horrific, you know? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Good for you, Sammy, for everything that you've done and everything you want to do. I think it's very commendable. You mentioned you just arrived in Montreal, but... You know, there's going to be big events next week, obviously. The Undertaker is going to have his one-man show on the Thursday night at the Olympia yeah, Theater. Right. <laughs> WWE SmackDown is going to be on the Friday night, so two Fridays from now and two Saturdays from now. Of course, there's going to be the Elimination Chamber in which you're going to play a big, big part. You're going up against Roman Reigns. Uh, this getting in a week early, did all the superstars or most of the superstars get in a week early or did no, you no. decide to come in early because it's home? Yeah, it's just me because it's it's home exactly, and uh, 
I kind of split my time between Orlando and Montreal as it is. I'm very fortunate to uh, have a place here. So, uh, you know, it's just it's just coming home for me is what it is. Yeah. You yeah. grew up in Laval, did you not? Or Yeah, yeah. I, so I grew up in, in Montreal until I was about seven. Uh, and then we moved to Laval until I was 27. And then uh, I moved out to Florida. And, you know, now, now I live in NDG and, and Florida. Oh, wow. Hey, listen, I'm in LaSalle. We're not too far. Oh, yeah, not too far at all. When, yeah. when, are we, when are we going for coffee? <laughs> yeah, right. What's your coffee spot out there? Yeah, uh, my coffee spot out here, there's a couple, but there's... So in LaSalle, we have the luxury of having several good cafe places, all right? So one is called San Remo. There's another one which is called Richa. There, there's several here, but I know that Montreal, of course, is known, is very, very famous for having some great coffee spots, right? One of them yeah. would be Cafe Olimpico. I would imagine you've been in, in Park sure, Ash. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's one over not far from me over on like on Monkland called Milk that I like a lot. Yeah. 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 I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I've been to like those, all right. you know, local roasters and all that kind of thing. So I, it, that's I, right I, up my alley. Yeah. I am too. I'll probably hang out there all day now knowing that it's your favorite spot yeah. tomorrow. I'm just kidding. I'll leave you alone, <laughs> Sammy. Don't worry about yeah. it. When, when did you, I, you know, I, I think every time I do this and I have these great conversations with professional wrestlers who are incredible athletes, I love to introduce them to the public so that they can really know who they are and when they got started and what they're all about and what makes them tick. And when did you first watch wrestling? Uh, it's really, I don't have like a light bulb moment where it was like the first time and it was, what is this thing I'm watching? I feel like it was kind of always there because my dad used to watch it mm -hmm. uh, and I would just watch it with him. And I, so I don't remember the first time. I don't remember any particular first instant of seeing this thing and some light bulb going off. Like, what is this thing? You know, some mind blowing moment. It's just sort of always been there. Um, and I think uh, another thing is I don't ever think I ever really thought it was like a legitimate uh, you know, fight between two people. You know, I, I think I always sort of was drawn to it because of the the spectacle, the spectacle, yeah. the spectacular nature of it. I think even from a young age. Yeah. You know, I never had that Santa Claus moment where it's like, you know, this isn't actually I never had anything like that. It just that that wasn't the point. Even from a young age, that was not the point for me. I, I grew up with international wrestling, which would go Saturdays at noon. I think it was live from the Paul Sove Arena, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. And then at one point, and I'm sure you'll remember this, Sammy, but you remember on Saturday nights, they had like these Saturday night live live events. I think they would start at like, I don't know if it was 10 p.m. It was late on Saturday nights. Yeah, Saturday That's night when, main event. Saturday night main event. That's right. That's when Hulkamania was really, really going strong. Those were good times, but these are good times as well. Because you've been involved in probably one of the greatest storylines in the history of professional wrestling, and it's been going on for about 10 months now. How much pride does that give you? Like the entire wrestling world is talking about this storyline, which is the bloodline. And for those who are not aware of it, uh, it's led by Roman Reigns and some family members of his, Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso. And you wanted to join the bloodline and it took a little bit for them to trust you. And you finally were able to get into the bloodline. And unfortunately it looks like, you know, uh, you being a part of that family came to an end at the Royal rumble when 
you decided to, to stand up for Kevin Owens. But how much pride do you take in that? You know, we're talking about you, uh, you know, wrestling in churches and wrestling at the scratch in Laval or whatever. And, yeah. and many, many years later, you're involved in one of the greatest storylines in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, when you say it that way, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's also like when you're in it, it doesn't seem that crazy. I think it's one of those things where um, because I'm in the middle of it, uh, I'm so close to it that I, 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 I realize that fe- people are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I even see the reaction of like uh, people that are mildly into wrestling seem to be more drawn into wrestling as of late because of this story. I think it's that kind of story that it's actually brought some people even back, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Anytime I, I can hear fans say like, oh, you know, uh, I checked out of wrestling for a few years, but then your feud with Kevin Owens brought me back or yeah. the story with the bloodline brought me back. That's like, that's a really rewarding thing to hear. Uh, and for sure, I, I do realize that this is a very special story that uh, I think everybody who's performing in it at this point realizes, oh, yeah, yeah, this this one this one will be remembered. And I think in this day and age, it's kind of as, as much as you can hope to do is to do something kind of memorable because, you know, because uh, everybody's pretty good now. It used to be like, for example, even if when I go to when I was a kid, you know, you had kind of Bret Hart. Yeah. And then there was like, he was just miles ahead of everybody. And so there was a lot of mediocre wrestling. And then you'd get a few guys that did some really great exceptional wrestling. But now everybody's pretty good in, in that regard, especially in the in-ring capacity, you know, for the yeah. most part. At this level, everybody's pretty good. So everybody knows how to have pretty good matches. The, the, the in-ring um, work rate, let's call it, has gone up significantly since the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. But as a result, and it's also like not just a, a, a thing of wrestling, it's the world we live in. There's just so much content that everything's kind of just like a blur. So yeah. for me, and now the, what's harder than doing something good is doing something memorable. And if you can do something memorable in 2023, and I don't even care what it is, like yeah, if it's a podcast, if it's a song, if it's a viral thing, like a lot of that stuff just comes and goes with the wind. Every day there's a new one. Every week there's a new one. Yeah. If you could do something with some lasting impact that people will talk about in 10, 15 years, that's huge. That's yeah. huge nowadays. You know, well, so I think, you know, I think I think we stumbled onto something with this one, and uh, I think it will be remembered. I, I think you have so many more great moments ahead, but what you've actually done in the last 10 months, I can guarantee you right now that in 10 years from now, people will be talking about it. So good for you. You brought up Brett the Hitman Hart. Was he your favorite wrestler growing up? Yes or no? Yep, yep. Yeah, he was, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, Good I mean, it changed, it changed throughout various points in my life. Like when I was yeah. a kid, it was Hulk Hogan, obviously. Just yeah, that's what I was drawn to in the Ultimate Warrior. And then as I got a little bit older and I started to realize the in-ring, I started to fall in love with the in-ring part of it, not just the spectacle. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, guys like Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, all these guys who could really go in the ring, and Mr. Perfect and that whole crop. Um that's you know brett became a favorite of mine then and then as i was a teenager you know uh mick foley and the hardy boys and those guys so i've had different influences and different favorites at different points in my life but brett for sure i mean you know i'm from montreal you're kind of you're kind of powerless against that you know 
You know, you, you brought up Mick Foley, and I can tell in the way your personalities come out, especially, like I said, in the last 10 months, that he's had a real big influence on you. Yeah, definitely, especially getting involved in the business for uh, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, like he, he wrote this book, his very first book. I don't know if you remember it, but it was the first kind of wrestling autobiography um, of its kind. And it, it's, it was crazy. It was a number one bestseller in the New York Times and all that kind of thing. It was a really well-written book, but it was really about the journey. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about touched on briefly there, uh, church basements and traveling yeah. and paying your dues in the roads. Yeah. He wrote about that. And it was sort of like romantic to me, you know, it was like, wow, wow. Like what a, what a journey. And this is what it is. Yeah. And so it's also part of the blueprint that guys like him and, you know, Brett and all these types of guys, the guys that I grew up idolizing, there was a blueprint and a roadmap for how to end up there. Uh, And now the world's different. Like now WWE will just do these sort of uh, open invite camps for college athletes and they'll hire a bunch of people who literally don't even know what wrestling is. And I don't wow. really have a problem with that because the world just changed. I don't fault them for their opportunity or how they get their opportunity. It's really what you do with the opportunity when when it comes your way. Of course. What I'm saying is back then, there was a very specific way to do it. You get trained. You cut your teeth at the ground level. You, you work these tiny shows. And if you're good enough and you're lucky enough, you get out of your hometown a little bit. You get out of – you get out of the province and maybe you go to the States, maybe you go to Mexico, maybe you go to Europe, maybe you hit it big and you can go to Japan, and you, met, you know, and then yeah. eventually maybe you go to like ECW or WCW and then you, and then you end up at WWE. It was yeah. sort of this, this roadmap, you know? Um, and for sure, Mick Foley was the guy I read that book, you know, cover to cover. I can't even yeah. tell you how many times. Wow. Um, so I don't know. There's a, there's a kinship there, but, um, but I do, I do, I do get a lot of comparisons with him with regards to the type of appeal that he had. And I think the type of appeal that I currently have, um, which is just kind of a weird, a weird charisma that you can't quite put your finger on. Cause it's not like conventional yeah. wrestling star, uh, you know, like movie star, good looks or Supreme physique or whatever it is you want to say. It's like, it's not the conventional, uh, makeup of a, of a wrestling superstar or whatever. Daniel, there's just like an earnestness in the approach. Yeah. And, and a, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I've gotten that comparison a lot and I'm flattered by it because uh, I think he was tremendous. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is another guy who became really, really hot in the WWE. I mean, everyone by now knows yes, 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 yes. With an arena full of 20,000 people and sometimes for bigger pay-per-view events, even more than that. And and I kind of see that happening with you as well, right? You, you, can you feel it? Can you see it? Yeah, and I think the commonality there is just that the uh, it's something that the audience kind of did on their own. And I think anytime you have an audience driving the uh, emotion and not the uh, creative direction guiding where they'd like that emotion to be, it just it's a much deeper. Uh, I don't know. It's a deeper connection when they're the ones choosing it and they're not being yeah. told, Hey, choose this. I think they, you know, I don't know. They just appreciate it more and they get into it more. You talked about the sacrifices briefly, but if you can in, in about a minute or so, can you talk about what, you know, your work schedule would be like for about a week or about a month? Because I'm not so sure 
that people watching right now live on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter realize the amount of travel that's involved, just the travel without even working, yeah, is incredibly tiring. Yeah, the travel's actually probably worse than the in-ring stuff. <laughs> when you've wow. been doing it long enough, it's, you know, I'll have friends who travel once or twice a year, and they'll just, just traveling to, I don't even know what, you know, tra traveling to like a tropical destination, they'll be like, man, how do you do this every single week? Yeah. <laughs> like twice a week, you know, every week, forever. So, um, yeah, the travel's rough. Uh, it, it really depends on the time of year. So, for example, right now I find myself in, as you mentioned, this pretty hot storyline. So I'm being, I'm on Raw a lot of times and on SmackDown. And SmackDown's on a Friday, Raw's on a Monday. And then we have live events in between. So you're talking about leaving on early Friday morning, getting back midday Tuesday. So you're, you know, about four and a half, five days on the road. Then you're also booking rental cars, hotels, all that kind of thing. And, um, I'm not, you know, I used to be the type of guy, I think more that work was at work and that was it. But in the last couple of years, since I feel like I've had a bit more creative input into my character and my storylines, it's consumed a lot more of my week at home as well, just mentally. Like mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking about what we can do next and, and, you know, texting writers and texting buddies and what about this idea and we're going back and forth like it takes up a lot more of my mental energy than it used to yeah and you would think it'd be the other way around you think that's how you are when you're young and you're first getting into it and you're you know you're like a sponge and constantly coming up with ideas but in fact it's the other way around it used to be work was work and when i came home it was over but nowadays it's like even during the week i can't turn it off i'm constantly thinking of what the next twist what the next turn in these storylines are and how and, to how to do it best, you know. And and because your your mind is working all the time, and you're in Montreal, and everyone wants a piece of you. And I would imagine you've done several of these already. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but if you got two more minutes for me, I, I'd love to yeah, throw sure. a couple your way. Good, thank you very much. Antonello Fiore is watching right now, and he wants to know what are the chances of your old theme song coming back, and if it does come back, how about if it comes back next week in Montreal? I mean, if it were going to come back, I feel like that would be the time and place to do it. But yeah. uh, I've said this in other interviews. I feel like it would kind of be taking a step backwards. Uh, and I do think maybe a new song is, you know, in the cards. But I feel like that song, even though people do have a real fondness for it, it seems, yeah. it just feels like kind of from a character perspective, taking a step backwards. But at the same time, doing it for like a one night thing in Montreal might be kind of cool. I don't know. I was listening to an interview earlier today and the undertaker was, was talking about the fact that, you know, even, you know, he still watches obviously, mm -hmm. and he thinks the storyline of the bloodline is absolutely amazing. And he thinks you are absolutely incredible in it. That's coming from the undertaker. Yeah. You hear that you must get goosebumps. Yeah. It's pretty, again, it's just one of those things where if you had told me this, 10 years ago, I would have been, I wouldn't have been able to believe it. And if you told me five years ago, I would have been like, oh my God, that would be awesome. But when you tell it to me now, because of where we've been, I'm like, I kind of think to myself, well, makes sense, right? Like it is good. Yeah. <laughs> like I just have a bit more of a confidence about it now. Of course, it's always rewarding to hear these guys were absolute legends. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and give you the laundry list, but a lot of guys who of course. are really, really uh, just greats of this industry 
have said a lot of great things about this storyline. So it's always flattering. It's always humbling. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's just one of those things that it would have seemed absolutely impossible or surreal a few years ago. But now it seems much more appropriate because of, you know, A, I'm a fairly realistic person. When I'm doing something good, I, I know it's good. And when I'm doing something that's not so good, I'm also aware of that too. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm, I'm quite aware what we're doing is good because it's not just me doing it. There's a lot of players in the in the in this story that are all really performing at a top level. So I mean, I could I feel like I could say objectively, anybody that has an appreciation for what we would do would be a fan of it. But of course, it's always gratifying to hear it from guys like I mean, the Undertaker. That's that is about as big as it gets. I don't know if you saw basically the, the flyer that we put out there earlier today and we put it out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and we tagged you talking about the fact that you're going to be on the show tonight. There's a picture of you with the belt, right? And you're not the champion right now, but you're going up against Roman Reigns in Montreal and uh, with the winner set to square off with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania in April. Uh, firstly, how many friends and family do you think you're going to, you know, the 20,000 that are going to be there, how many of them are going for Sami Zayn? I would imagine there's going to be thousands. Uh, you know, probably just the normal amount that come to these shows when we're in Montreal, to be honest. Probably even a, a few less than usual, usual because uh, tickets are in much higher demand this time around. You know, it's not just like a normal live event. It's a pay-per-view. Oh, we yeah. haven't had a pay-per-view in Montreal in 15 years, so it's yeah. actually a little harder for me to <laughs> to get as many tickets as I normally would if we are just doing a live event. Yeah. Um, but those live events are great. Um, it's never not great when we come to Montreal. Yeah. And um, this is really exciting, but I'm also trying consciously to, uh, like, I'm trying to limit my excitement a little bit. I don't want to get carried away. Why? Okay. Which I know the whole point of doing, you know, media and appearances and interviews yeah. is to hype this up. <laughs> so I, I, I know it is going to be insane. Yeah. But I'm just trying not to get any like uh, false hope or uh, like I don't want to, I want to manage my expectations going into it. Yeah. But based I hear you. on everything, I mean, if we come into Montreal for a normal house show and I'm not even, and I haven't even been on television for a month or two, they still go crazy for me here, me and Kevin Owens. Yeah. Montreal, you know, anyone yeah. watching this from Montreal knows it's a different kind of town. And, and, being a Montreal guy in WWE, it's not the same as any other wrestler wrestling in their hometown. Montreal is different. It just is. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But well, when Kevin and I come here, it's like it's it's next level. Yeah. Well, Montrealers are really, really proud of fellow Montrealers and 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 those who make it, right? And as you know, the, the term en français is good chez nous. And you are yeah. a good chez nous. And to hear your story, Sammy, where you started out and the fact that you're going to be part of that main event next Saturday, Elimination Chamber at the Bell Center in Montreal versus Roman Reigns. And we know we're going to see you at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I think it's I don't know how much I can stress how much we're proud of you because you talked about like everything it took to get here like this is this is the number one wrestling league in the world. This is not. Yeah, the, you know the, the the second league. It's not the third league. It's not the fifth league. It's the number one league, and only the best of the best are in this league. And you're not only in this league; you're the best of the best in this league. It's yeah. I. It's kind of crazy. Man. 
congratulations. Before I let you go, I know you are a fan. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Look at that. All right. Is that autographed? It is. It, it is autographed. And of course, as you know, we lost oh, the flower. Yeah. Gila Fleur last year in April and I got this jersey as a Christmas gift to myself a couple of months before his passing and I got it to his agent and his agent had it signed and then delivered it to me and and he put Guy on the phone to talk to me and I said Guy and you know like everything you're going through and you signed this jersey and he said well you made the effort to go out and get my jersey I felt like I had to sign it so he was my uh, my idol growing up, obviously, wow. and I didn't even see him play in his prime. I saw him play in the final few years that he was with the Canadians. But, you know, how can you be a Montrealer and not love the Canadians? Can you uh, talk to us about your love for the Montreal Canadians? Because I know it's deep. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, so it's always the last few years have been way harder to watch games than, you know, obviously years before that. But uh it's actually, I think, the most excited I've been about our prospect pool, maybe in like, maybe ever, because we just have a lot of really, really young, talented guys in the pipeline. Uh, and watching, even this year, like, look, uh, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs even, but yeah. it's still exciting to see the development of Caulfield or Suzuki or or Gooley and these guys. Oh, excuse me. That's okay. In their laptop. <laughs> uh, I, it looked. Yeah, it, looked just, it looked like Suzuki was passing the puck to Caulfield there. Yeah, Caulfield was about yeah, to put it in. That cross. That cross scene pass on the power play. It's it's just special to watch, and it's exciting. It is exciting. I don't know. Last time it was this exciting, even though uh, it was probably like around the centennial. You know, like oh seven, oh eight, Kovalev and all that around that hundred yeah. years. That was a really exciting oh, yeah. time. The Canadians owned the city at that time. But 35 we goals, 35 goals, 49 assists, 84 points, if memory serves me well. Yeah, Playing on a line with Kassitsin and Placanitz. And Placanitz, right? that's right. Oh, my yeah. God. I found someone who knows the abs more than I do, Sammy. On your, <laughs> on your free time, do you want to co-host the podcast? Yeah, right. I mean, that was a great time, but we were also winning, and it was an exciting time. Yeah. So this is the first time I could think of where we're losing, but it's still exciting. You know, you're excited about what's coming up. Sammy, I'm, I'm convinced. I don't know when it's going to happen, but this management group, the double-headed monster of Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, I'm convinced that they're going to bring a Stanley Cup to Montreal. Like, I have a lot of belief in this management team. I think Marty St. Louis is a modern-day coach who's the right coach for this team at the right time in terms of working with a group of young kids and, and watching them develop and progress and get better and, you know, they're going to be great one day, just the way you're great now. I know you're a very, very humble guy, and you're not going to say this, but this is coming from all the fans that are watching right now, and I'll leave you with this, Sammy. Lately, you have been running the show. Good for you. Have fun in Montreal, and uh, just do your thing, man. We'll, yeah. all, we'll, all, we'll all be there supporting you, Sammy. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited, and I'm uh, thank you for having me on, and uh hope to see everybody on Friday and Saturday. These are going to be huge shows. I, You know what? I kept you on for longer uh, than I actually uh, told the gentleman that, that helped set up this interview. Uh, so once again, okay. thank, Don't worry thank about you it. very much for your time. You're a good yeah, man. No have fun in Montreal, all right? All righty. Take care. All Thanks, right. Sammy. All right. There you have it. Sammy Zane. What a guy, man. Wow. Love that guy. There you have it. Sammy Zane. Uh, we're going to talk Montreal Canadiens hockey with uh, – Marc-Andre Perot in just a couple of minutes. Uh, how do you feel about that? If you want to throw out some comments in the meantime, uh, let's go. Why don't you throw out some comments in the meantime? Sammy and Yellow back at Master Control. If you can do that, 
just let me know. Uh, Mark Andre, uh, Mark Andre Perot. Okay, so he's checked in with me, and he says, Tony, uh, don't forget to send me the link. So unfortunately, he didn't get the link. I'm going to send them the link right now. And uh, Sammy and Yellow back in Master Control. If you can throw out a couple of comments regarding the conversation that I just had with uh, Sammy Zane, uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, to get them out there. Antonello Fiore, there you have it. You wanted me to ask him a question regarding his old theme song, and he said, well, he thinks that if he goes back to it, it's kind of like going back, and he wants to move forward, all right? So uh, there you have it. Sick, 110%, so 66 uh, spinning. Um, another one from Ashley Sarah says, what a humble guy. Um, others coming in. Um Jerry the King Lawler, uh, is he on the menu? Uh, maybe he is. I'm not so sure. Um, Rolls Christopher Francois, amazing interview. Thank you, Tony. You know, I didn't think it was an interview. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a conversation. Uh, and and those are the ones that I like to have. I thought it was a conversation, and it was it was a lot of fun. And you know what? Um, Sami Zayn was was awesome, right? It was only a, an enjoyable conversation for you all because Sammy was just, he was himself. He was Sammy. Uh, Vinny says, uh, Sick Tony, I love uh, your uh, interview with Sami Zayn. Your podcast rocks. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Uh, we have Mapper. Okay, let's go to Mapper. What's up, my friend? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Oh, I just noticed Living the cap the for a second there. I thought you were having a really, really bad hair day. Yeah, look yeah. at that so, so do i but it's a new hat because i've been to utah for a ski trip oh okay there you have it yeah yeah utah jazz okay all right there we it's, go it's a beauty and unlike yeah. the unlike the islanders the rangers and provorov okay I, yeah. you know so i thought it's cool i love the rainbow colors i love it it looks good on you man and good for you for um for showing it off in the cap uh, how was your ski trip utah ski it's the best trust me if anyone was that your first time or, or you've been before it was my second time in utah but i i i, I try to do one trip a year and utah is just the best so you're an avid skier i guess uh i mean it's it's always complicated to answer that question i mean it's like golfing are you good at 75 80 85 but you love I, it. I, I love it. I'm you just love having it, yeah. a blast. And yeah, yeah. You? All right. Was it, a, was it a family trip or? No, just with a friend. Oh, yeah, good for you. Friend, so we had a blast, oh. yeah. Kids oh, are fantastic. With, with their mom, so. Yeah. No, no, that's good. Good for you, man. Good for you. Thank uh, you. That, that's pretty cool. So you're able to recharge the batteries or what? Yeah. Yeah. Feeling because, like a look, million dollars, U.S. dollars right now. So Yeah, yeah. I, I ask because you work a lot. Like, I know what your schedule is, and I know what your travel miles are all about. Yeah. And, uh, you too, like Sammy Zane, you are a pretty busy <laughs> guy. Did you have a chance yeah. to see the conversation with Sammy, or did you just... It was uh, awesome. No, he's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. What I'm good yeah, they, they, are, they are athletes. I mean, <laughs> did you what? hear that one? You're like, he's no. great. I'm like, yeah, I'm good too. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, no, he, 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 he is. And listen, I, I will get very upset, uh, and I have got very upset in the past oh, when yeah. some have dared to say 
that professional wrestlers are not athletes. I mean, for me, oh my God. that is huh. one of the biggest insults like I you could ever like there, there's 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 nothing further from the truth. They are incredible, yeah. incredible athletes. Some of the things, hey, they put their body on the line. And I didn't even get into all the injuries that Sami Zayn has had in the past, but I'm willing to bet that he's had matches where he's, you know, he's had he's had broken bones. Uh, he's oh, had separations, concussions, and, yeah. like you name it. Yeah. Uh, he's gone through it and they've gone through it. You know, so much respect for what they do and how they do it. So much yeah. respect. They pay the price. Yeah. Oh, they really do. Sure. They really do. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. And uh, the Canadians had a week off and they're going to play the Islanders uh, on Saturday yeah. afternoon. And so Who when they do against uh, the Canucks. Did they end up losing, eh? They ended up losing 6-5. Oh, that's yeah. funny because I uh, I chose them to win tonight because I figured Bo Horvat was going up against his former team. He had a and goal, when... but uh, so did Beauvillier. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And so, when, yeah. when the show started, I had my eye on that, and I saw they were winning 4-3 after the second. I said, okay. This one's tight, and they end up losing by a score of six to five. But that's okay Which because my buddy JC, my buddy Jean Charlesjois, he had Calgary beating Detroit, and he lost too. So yep. I I end up winning the week, which is good. Every you know, fantastic. You're the man. All right, okay. Uh, yes, I am. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the Habs are back, yep. and I asked this to George Larac yesterday, and he gave me an interesting answer. And since you were supposed to be a regular yesterday, but George took your spot yesterday, you're taking George's spot today. Yesterday was one year on the job for Marty St. Louis with the Montreal yeah. Canadiens. Right? Uh, it's actually today, right? Uh, today, pardon me. And yeah, so yeah. we talked about we talked about the uh, the strengths and the weaknesses and how you know we see mm -hmm. what he brings to the table. And I think he's got a lot more strengths than weaknesses. And yeah. I'll tell you in a second what I brought up, and I'll tell you in a second what George brought up. But I'll okay. start with you with this. His greatest strength is what, in your opinion? Humble. He's humble. He's He knows he's not the best at his job right now. He has a lot to learn. He is humble, and for me, that's that's the best. I'm, I'm, he, he I'm, just, I'm, I find it interesting that this is your answer because there's no doubt. And that was that, quick. That Yes, there's no doubt that he has incredible humility. Like on several occasions, he's come out and he said, tonight it was on me. I dropped the ball, and this is why. Not yeah, really. he, he said today that it, the, the game goes slower because at first, you know, the, to deal with the, the PK, the power plays and how many minutes he's at and blah, blah, blah. And he, now he, he feels like the game is a little slower and he is more in control. And just the fact that a, an NHL coach admits that, for me, it's it, it's a, it's just a good sign. And yeah. he's he's a good person. He's... I mean, he's not perfect like uh, anyone Nobody else. Is. But Nobody you, is, but he's a great person. You're right. He is, and he's humble. And as a coach, we you don't see that often. I, I think there's a lot of humbles, humble coaches, but to say it publicly that, you know what, it's on me. I made a mistake. You know, this time, this time, I have to uh, improve this, improve that. To me, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a very good sign. Mapper, uh, besides the humility and him saying, you know what, it went faster, which is, by the way, it's totally a normal thing, right? There's a rookie coach and there's a rookie player. Like when a rookie player makes his way into the National Hockey League and he's a centerman, 
the game goes very fast for him, right? And takes him, he's yeah. more comfortable in year two than he is in year one. He's more comfortable in year three than he is in year two. And he gets yeah. more and more comfortable every year. It's the same thing for a coach. But I know that this maybe seems like it should be a regular thing for everyone. But starts off his press conference today, issues his sympathy, obviously, for the tragedy that yeah. happened yesterday in Laval to the victims, the families, and 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 everyone affected, Right. A couple of members of the media have lost loved ones in the last year that he's been there. And he starts his press conference by issuing his sympathies to the family and, and, and to, to that member of the media. Pat Hickey last week says, you know what, in five weeks from now, I'm going to retire for the Montreal yeah. Gazette and I'm going to leave the spot to somebody else who may have lost their job and I don't want them. We'll give an opportunity to someone younger, right? Marty St. Louis brings it up at the end of the press conference and he says, you know what, Pat, I heard the news and uh, I heard the way you're going out and Mm -hmm. much respect. And then he gets up and he gives him an applause and then he comes over, takes a picture with him. Look, you know... Simon Olivier Laurent, his mom, the guy from La Presse, Jean-François Chaumont's parents who unfortunately yeah. lost them in the last year. And exactly. Uh, actually, when, you know what? When uh, Jean-François lost his mom, Marc Bergevin started his, his press conference by offering his sympathy. So that, very nice. I mean, yeah, very, very nice of him too. But yeah, yeah and, and Marty Saint-Louis is, is always clear. It, it's family first, the, the human, the person first. After, let's talk about hockey. Yeah, and it shows, um, it, it it makes his way in, in in the locker room, and you you can see that it's such a human group. So yeah, yeah. no, it really. Is. And you know, look, I'm willing to say this. I think Marty's going to be here for. I'm not going to say as long as he wants to be here. As long as he wants. You, you know, but you know, say like, it. So so like I'm not going to say as long as he wants, say but it. I kind of feel like it's as long as he wants. <laughs> You know, exactly. you know what I'm trying like, 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 uh, of course. Barry Trotz with Nashville, and I, I think he lasted about 10 years, and I think Claude Julien lasted about nine and a half with the Boston Bruins or whatever. I, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if Marty wants to, you know, because I really believe, I really believe that 10 years in Nashville is like three and a half in Montreal. You know what I mean? I multiply Montreal that, times point, three. Yeah. To any other team in the league, with the exception of original six, and I'll multiply it by two to an original six team. Okay. Yeah, but but they have a plan, and they are together in this. That's that's what Marty's I think. included. So I, to me, it's right to say that as long as he wants to be here, will he want to be here? Let, let's say, you never know that. The, I mean, coaching and hockey ten years ago and now it's such a different ball game and. Must be tough sometimes for a guy like Martin Saint Louis to see. I'm, I'm not name dropping here, but anyone who's not giving his best, yeah, a given night, it must drive him crazy because he made his career by get, like giving it all. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. But the he, way for, for I, now, he doesn't look tired of it. I, I think we look at it the same way, Mapper. Is that Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes? They sit down and they say with their entire management team and 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 their head coach they say okay listen here's the deal we have a plan we are going to execute it this is what we're going to do at this stage at this stage at this stage Mm -hmm. at this stage okay and if we execute our plan and we do things according to plan we believe that we are going to end up winning the stanley cup and marty Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You are going to be, you know, along for the ride with us. That That's the way yeah. I and see you it. You don't want things to go too fast. Like it was at the beginning of the season. It was not a good thing. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's always a touchy subject that, that it's not tanking. It's just that you don't want to jump um, steps, right? It's like, it's like Kent Hughes said, and it was funny the way he said it. And it was almost like, it was very appropriate too. Let's be honest here. I don't know if we've ever had this kind of candor in the past, but it was, Hey, too many losses is not a good thing. And you know, too many wins is probably not a good thing either. <laughs> exactly. Right. And he said uh, what everyone was thinking that we didn't think he was going to have the courage to say, he said it. And then people are, well, not people, but I, I, I read like, why are Montreal like writing a, a letter in the newspaper? You, you don't need that. It's obvious. And it, it's funny because the worst place you want to finish is like 20th or 18th. Like it's called No Man's sense. Land. No Man's it's, Land. It's, there's nothing good to get from that. Yeah. Nothing. So right now, things are going well. Okay. It's, it's, it's perfect. The uh, the March trade deadline is quickly approaching. Yeah, I mean it's 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 yeah, that's, you know it's pretty big. It's like three weeks away, but we get the feeling it's going to happen like tomorrow. It's going to go that yeah. fast. Okay, it goes fast. Jonathan Drouin has been here. This is year six of his contract. Okay, uh, it, it seems like it'll be very difficult. Um, even if he's, he's still here past the trade deadline. So. But it seems like it'll be very difficult for him to be able to change the management team's mind uh, between now and the end of the year. Or do you think he can? No, 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 no. I think they they know what they're gonna get from him, and uh, it's it's too much money, obviously. And I don't think it's gonna be in Montreal. The future for him, you, I mean, you, you never know. But uh, no, you think I don't it's think gonna be so. the NHL? That's a good question. I wouldn't gamble my house on that. I a mean, a PTO. That's that's my that's my guess. A PTO yeah. somewhere, and we'll see from there. But it's it's not about Drouin or about Hoffman. Like for the trade deadline, your two assets, unfortunately, they are injured right now. And it's Monahan at Edmondson. Yes. And I can tell you that Kent Hughes is waking up at night to pray for those guys to be able to play a few games until March 3rd. Because Here, it's here's the challenge. Here's the challenge though with Monahan, okay? And I think he's a very good player. He is. And he looked really too. good before he went down with that injury. I think he had 17 points in 25 games. But the reality is Monaghan over the past couple of years has had hip injuries. Yes. Uh, he had uh, a foot injury, an ankle injury this time around. He tried to come back early. He compensated and it led to, you know, the hip injury and groin injury and all this stuff. So there's a little bit of everything that's injured right now. Okay. But he played 25 this year. He played 65. Okay. He played 65 the year before. And he played 50 the year before that. Yes. You know, if the goal was to get a first round pick for him, there's no doubt that every team would like to have a Monaghan going into the playoffs. Yeah. But if the goal for the Canadians was to get a first round pick or a second round pick, 
Do you think they can still achieve that with the latest run yeah. of injuries here? Sure. You sure. Think so, it's, eh? it's, it's not the same injury. He's a good player, good veteran. He can play through injury, through pain. So I, I think if, let's say, Montreal is like, I don't know, in, in, in the run for playoffs, and I, I think Monaghan would have been back since a few games. That's, that's, that's my feeling. So mm -hmm. for a team who's going to rent him for, I don't know, 10, 15 games and then the playoffs, I, I, would, I would take the risk because let's, let's say it's Colorado and mm -hmm. they give a first round. It's not going to be in the top 20. It's not going to be in the top 22, 23. So it, it, I, I would take the risk because when your window is, is open, you have to jump in. And that's the mistake a lot of teams are, are doing, not jumping, not going all in when it's your turn. So I, I, I would easily see a team give a first rounder for Sean Monahan if, if he's able to play, obviously. Do you think George Larac said that he What told the he Edmonton say? orders, uh, he gave the Edmonton orders his opinion on Joel Edmondson. He basically told them he's not the defenseman that he used to be because he's got a bad back. He's been banged up. He's injury prone. Yes. He's on the decline. Uh, buyer beware. Okay. But we still keep hearing his name in the news and it's linked to Edmonton. George says to me and said to me yesterday, Last night on the Sick Podcast, Tony, I can guarantee you Joel Edmondson is not getting traded to the Edmonton Orders. But yet it's still, it's still, his name is still out there with the Edmonton. What do you think is going to go down with Edmondson? Well, I I think he would help the Edmonton Oilers because they desperately need grit, tough D guy like Edmondson is. I, it, he's another one that I think that if his team was in the playoff run, you know, he would take a, a shot of whatever you call it, to play through this and go for the Stanley Cup. I, I'm pretty sure about that. So is it going to be the Edmonton Oilers? It, it depends about so many things. Probably he is not their first choice. And I 100% trust George that when he say that uh, Edmonton will not be with the Edmonton Oilers, I, I, I believe that. But what I, what I think is that he would help a team like that. So, but obviously, we, there, there would have, have to be a, a salary retained from, from Montreal. So we'll see. But again, can't use. He is praying for those guys to be back as soon as possible. Oh, for sure. For sure. Josh Anderson, as we approach trade deadline, of course, yeah. John Ash, Josh Anderson's name is going to be in the news because, I mean, he's a player. You take a look at that profile, right? Six foot three, 220 pounds. He's a horse. Uh, you could play either wing. He's he's a horse. And and you know yeah. what? It, although it's five and a half million dollars, the good news is for a lot of teams is that he's under contract for several years. So they wouldn't have to worry about giving up something for him and then losing him at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, we keep hearing that a first round pick was refused not enough. by the not Canadians enough. for Josh Anderson. What would it take yeah. for you, Marc Andre Perot, to move Josh Anderson if you were Kent Hughes? first first rounder and a young prospect a prospect like you say that prospect yeah a a prospect yeah an a prospect he's, of course. he's a horse he's got everything it's it, it's a matter of consistency with josh anderson it seems like he's finding that but you remember we were talking about the first year of martin saint louis as a head coach and 
Anderson and Gallagher seems like they were uh, Marty Saint Louis' big project. He wanted them to understand that they can't play the game like they're used to, which is like north, south, and hit, mm -hmm. and you know. And you can see that Josh Anderson changed his game, and 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 he's understanding more what Marty Saint Louis wants in the last few weeks, few months, and. Lately, he's been playing very well, very consistent, and he—it's he, a big asset. It's not good enough for me, and I'm going to tell you no. why. Okay, I want you to think about this for a second, very carefully. Okay, yeah. In the one-year anniversary of Marty Saint Louis coaching the Montreal Canadiens, in ten less games, Mike Hoffman has four more points than Josh Anderson. Yeah. In eleven less games. Christian Dvorak has two more points than Josh Anderson. In yeah. 33 less games, Kirby Dock has two less points. And in six less games, Jake Evans is seven points behind Josh Anderson. With all due respect to Jake Evans, he's a fourth-line centerman. Yeah, Anderson when you, has when you watch a game, who do you see? Yes, well, Anderson. Well, you see a lot of Anderson because I mean he's six three, he's two twenty, he plays on the top yeah. two lines, and he's going to play fifteen plus minutes. But you know, and I understand he's got intangibles, Mapper. Really, I get it. He has intangibles. He brings certain things that you cannot uh, basically put out there in points. But you know, speaking of points, I mean, yeah, but stop it with the points. It's it's not just points. I mean, you're talking about Mike Hoffman, really. I mean, Hoffman had the, the game of the year last time, last game, he had like four one-timers on the power play. If a GM is like saw this game and he's calling, can't use it, he's like, yeah, I saw Mike Hoffman, four one-timers, had a one goal. Okay, just take it, take him. I mean, it's not the same with Josh Henderson. It's, you can't put them in the same sentence. I just... I know you told me to stop it with points. I yeah, just I was, want more I'm points. Sorry. No, but it's, sorry, it's, it's your no, podcast. It's, no, 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 no. This is as much your <laughs> podcast as it is mine. Okay. Um, but I just I know what you're saying. It's still not enough for me, man. I still want more you, points. Oh yeah, of course. I, I'm with you on that. I would I mean, and the the worst thing is that he would easily if he, if he really wanted, like, every night and he would give it all every night, I'm not sure he can with the style of play, but he could, this guy could be a horse. He could be a superstar. He's got all the tools. He's fast. He's big. He's got a good shot. He's got everything. And he's understanding the, the game a little more and more every game. But he needs cons consistency. That's the key word for Josh Anderson. That's the only thing. Be more consistent. And trust me, I love this player and i would he he could be a superstar but yeah you're right he well, needs he's never he's never gonna be a superstar he at, at this stage of his no, career maybe i was a little more intense but he could be a very very good player in this league yeah but i you know i think he at this point he is who he is i don't think he's gonna change i uh, let's let's wait another year under marty saying we just one okay uh, we'll give it one more year. I don't think he's going to get moved this year, so we can definitely give it. Yeah, I think a so. Year. 
There's there's no doubt about it. Um, if the Canadians so so now as they enter the, this, let's call it second half of the season, even though we've already passed yeah. the second half of the season, it's just they've been off for 10 days, so it almost feels like they're entering their second half of the You're season right. here, yeah. uh, the, the back nine of the season. What's the one thing you'd like to see that we haven't seen yet? Whether it's from a player, a coach, something to work on, something from the GM, anything. I would like to see more grit night after night uh, and Raphael Arvipinard is doing exactly what I want to see I love this, this young team man. see him until, I love oh he's the best he's such a great person great person great family and he's uh, the, the best you say an, an ally allied ally yeah. uh, the best ally to to Marty Saint because he represents exactly what what he's trying to sell player. yeah i mean so i i would like to see all the other players playing like him it's it's impossible you're yeah. gonna say and, and you're right but just a little bit more i i, I don't I, I, I don't i don't think that can happen and i'm gonna tell you why because um in the makeup of a player, some have more heart, some have less heart, some play with yes. determination, some play I with less. I get it. And it's just, it's it. either in you or it's not. And I'm going to tell you what I want to yeah. see in this and down the stretch here, okay? And you tell yeah. me what you think. I want to see a better power play, man. Yeah. I want to see a better obviously. power play. Obviously, yeah. But you need the horses to do that. And I, I mean, I'm not sure you have the horses to be a top five power play in this league you need one more star so yeah considering considering they're going to be without caulfield between now and the end of the year yeah all right let's it. face it i mean it's going to be difficult but, but mike often was good mike yes he, was good in he's, the got last a, game. he's got a, he's got a laser of a shot but you see what i'm trying to say though mapper is you know, even if you don't score the goals, like show me a power play that looks like it's a power play when it's on a power play. I mean, we've seen power plays from the Montreal Canadiens this year where the other team has the puck more than the Canadians and actually generate the better scoring chances. I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It is. It is. It, it's it's bad. It's a problem. It's been a problem for so many years, but you need better players. That's it. That's it. So, what do you expect this weekend? Is there something that uh, you know? I think everyone's looking forward to seeing Connor McDavid, obviously on Sunday. Yeah. But uh, what do you uh, what are you expecting this weekend? I don't know. I th I think it's going to be the more and more the season will advance, it's going to be more tough for Montreal because you're going to play against team that you know there's so much on this on, on stake, and it's going to be a good example this weekend. It's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, I, I, and you know the toughest thing is that from Saturday till the end of the season, sixty-two days, thirty-one. Uh, sorry, sixty-two days, thirty-one games. So that's not a lot of practices, like quality practices. That's uh -huh. going to be a big issue for Marty Saint Louis until the the end of this year. So I, I mix. I expect it's going to be tough. Um, more if like players are traded which i expect so we'll see but the last game before the break who was it against 
It was not against Detroit. Who was it? Was it? against Ottawa. Ottawa. And they, they lost like in regular time, but it was such a good game. Like, it was a great emotional. game. It, it, you, you want that until the end of the season. That's exactly the type of game you want. Yeah, yeah. And I, look, I'm another thing I'm looking forward to seeing is I want to see if coming back from the break, Samuel Montembeau can play like the Samuel Montembeau yeah. that he did in the last month. Yeah, that was my next point. Because I, in that I, last I'm very month, curious. Samuel Montembeau played like a number one goalie. Whether he is or he isn't, he played like it. Right? I, not, I didn't say he is. I said I, he played like one. I, I think he played like a top second goalie in the league. Ah, really? I yeah, mean, okay. For, first goalie is is quite something, and I, it's no offense to him, but I think he can bring his game higher than he did. Okay. But to me, the, ho- the, the the hockey gave us his number two quality. But uh, it, it was you so know, funny today because he, uh, he played he played in front of five young defensemen and a team with very right. little offense and very little depth. Eh? You're right. It's but very easy to you, give up goals when you don't have a team in front of you. But when you watch him. To me, it was he was good. He was very good. But today was so funny because he said he, he went on holidays with uh, David Savard and their their wives, and he said, "Yeah, at one point David was like going to train. He was doing steps at three o'clock, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy my my holidays and stay, stay on the beach.' So it, it, it was funny. He's such a great guy too. I would have I would have done the same. And you're a great guy too. Hey, I saw that uh, earlier this evening. As a matter of fact, uh, someone put on Twitter that uh, they think you look great when you wear your red shirt. Did you oh, see that? Is that right? Yeah. So when JC put out his uh, tweet for GC at TVS Sport, someone said, oh, Mapper looks unbelievable in his red shirt. And so you have the admiration notes. of uh, many people. They, they, they love the red <laughs> shirt on you, my man. They love the red shirt on you. But oh. uh, black is better for when you have a belly. Uh yeah, that's why I'm wearing black right now, and I wear black like 80% of the days uh, in the last uh, 10 years. Right, guy. Hey, thanks for doing this, and uh, if all goes well, next week you'll be back same time, same place, but yeah. you're in your regular slot, which is Wednesday. I yeah. knew you were coming back like either late last night or earlier today, and that's why I inverted you and George Larac. but next week it looks like you'll be back on Wednesday, and George will be back on Thursday. Is that it? All right. Sounds good, my friend. Fantastic. A shout out to, uh, thank you very much. Have a great night. A shout out to Matrix Home Fitness. He talked about my belly. Well, if I'm going to have to lose it, I'm going to have to get back on that treadmill. You can bring it home. I did discover a club quality workout. I just have to use it as much as my wife and my boys use it. In the comfort of your own home, visit matrixhomefitness.ca. The reality is that I use it every day, but I don't go as intense as they go. Like they really take it to another level. I'm just, you know, I'm just walking for now. But, you know, they say you got to learn how to walk before you learn how to jog and then then and before you learn how to run. And that's what we're trying to do. Hey, to everyone watching, thank you very much. Special thanks uh, to Sami Zayn uh, for his time tonight. Uh, and we're all going to be there, uh, either there in person at the Bell Center or watching on pay-per-view. It's WWE's Elimination Chamber, which will go on Saturday, February the 18th at the Bell Center. He's going to go up against Roman Reigns, who's uh, the champion. That's going to be awesome. And special thanks to Mapper. Special thanks to the Sick Army, all of you for watching live 
And it feels really good to have all of your support. So thank you very much. If you enjoyed the podcast, message sick, S-I-C-K. It's our way of feeling the love. Like it and share it with your friends. And if you're going to listen via Spotify, leave us a five-star review on all social media apps that you can. Leave us that five-star review. Once again, it's our way of feeling the love. It goes a long way. I'm Marinero. We'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place. My buddy Matt O'Han, 10 p.m. Eastern. Special thanks to Nello and Sammy Cavallaro, as well as Juliana Cavallaro, back at Master Control at their home on the West Island of Montreal. Have a great night, everyone. This podcast is sick. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>